Welcome everyone to another edition of the Beyond the Red Bricks podcast. Today we have with us Senthil Govindan, CEO and founder of DataWorks and PGPX class of 2009. Senthil has a bachelor's in electronics and instrumentation engineering followed by a master's in management information systems from the University of Arizona prior to his time at IIM Ahmedabad. He has worked across areas like technology consulting, B2B marketing and advertising across companies like i2, Oracle, IBM and Ozone Media. Prior to starting DataWorks, Senthil comes with extensive international work experience, having previously worked in the US, Japan, and Australia before its homecoming with the PGPX at IMA. Welcome, Senthil, to our podcast. Thank you, Eric. Good to be here. Uh, so we'll just get the ball rolling right now. Uh, so, Senthil, uh, can you give us a little description or just a brief about your current venture and what kind of initiatives you lead at DataWorks right now? Sure. So at DataWorks, what we're really trying to do is, is help clients in the world of online advertising. Um, so that's really across the board, you know, in areas as uh, diverse or platforms as diverse as uh, Facebook and a Google or a LinkedIn at one end, and uh, kind of the equivalent of open source advertising, uh, which, is, uh, which is known as programmatic advertising at the other end. So we work with uh, with a Google, um, you know, and Facebook. We have a certain recognized status because of the volume and quality of work we do. And in the open source world of programmatic, um, we have our own technology and tools that we use to help our clients. Uh, my role in uh, DataWorks currently is that of CEO. Um, so it's in a startup, a CEO basically has to do everything. Um, and as someone once quipped, your primary role is uh, chief psychology officer. So um, it's uh, all the different functions. Need to make sure that I have one eye on each of them. So I have a lot of eyes in my head, as you can probably imagine. And um, I also, you know, obviously need to make sure that the team is together, everyone's motivated, everyone's happy and moving towards a common goal. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. the chief psychology officer. <laughs> Yeah, and Senthil, if we, we were to ask, like, uh, why did you, you had already done masters, so why did you choose the program after an extensive work experience? What made you do this? And also, how has been your journey post PGPX? That's uh, a good question and a very long answer. So let me know when you want me to stop. Um, but uh, look, I. I did MIS at the University of Arizona, which has a bit of a reputation as a party school. But uh, one of the lesser known facts is that the MIS program, there is a top three course in the US. Um, and then after that, I got into kind of techno functional consulting where I was working with Fortune 500 firms to help them implement um, uh, software products, right? That um, uh, for the different companies that I was working with, I2 and then Siebel, which got acquired by, um, by Oracle. Um, during the course of this journey, I realized that I was doing, uh, if, if uh, it's okay for me to say so myself, I was doing a pretty good job in my role. Um, but I realized over the course of time that I was giving answers to tactical questions. And I was really good at giving answers to tactical questions. <clears throat> What I wanted over the course of time is uh, is to be the person who's asking questions and asking those questions at a more strategic level, right? 
uh, some people come from a business family or they just have that general business acumen. Uh, unfortunately, that was not me. And I felt that I really needed to do an MBA in order to uh, make that uh, make that leap. Um, and so I think I was in Australia, uh, in Sydney, managing a few of Oracle's largest, uh, largest clients there. Uh, and I decided, okay, it's time to do an MBA. Uh, at that point of time, I think I was 31. And I figured, look, rather than going and, um, you know, like doing an MBA in various other parts of the world, uh, it's better to, I mean, frankly, I had no uh, professional network in India at that stage because I'd moved out of India as an adolescent. Uh, and so I figured I should come back to India to uh, to do my MBA and build out a professional network again. Um, and, you know, once that choice was made, then uh, then there really was only one choice remaining, right? I mean, if you're coming back to India, the only place you really want to do an MBA is at IIM Ahmedabad. So I applied, thankfully got through, and uh, that's what led me to uh, to join the BGPS program. Um, so that's the first part of the answer. I'm sorry, but I went on so long, I forgot the second part of the question. No worries. Uh, the second part of us, how has been your journey post-PGPX and how do you think the program helped you in your uh, post-PGPX journey? Got it. So, look, with, uh, with PGPX, uh, I mean, so first of all, I mean, I love the program, right? I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed um, the learning, enjoyed the uh, the peer group right um, enjoyed all the debates in the Cindy rooms which have no meaning outside that Cindy room in many cases um, but uh, I mean like after graduating from PGPX one of the things I realized is that the course had really changed my mindset uh, I was no longer looking at things from a purely from a qualitative perspective which is what I was doing before um, but I'd learned how to look at things from a data driven standpoint. Right. So, uh, so that's, I'd say, probably my biggest transition, right, uh, through uh, having done the PGTX program. The other thing is uh, you learn to stretch yourself, right? You learn how to learn, right? Because uh, if, if, you're, if you have three cases a day and, uh, and you're expected to learn something and then get into those cases and then prepare those cases and then come into the, core, uh, come into the actual class with a point of view, um, you have essentially been able to figure out how do I quickly distill or find out sources of information, distill that into what I truly need, and then apply that information. Um, so that's what I found. I mean, like I moved into a completely different role in, um, in uh, B2B marketing with IBM after PGPX. I knew nothing about uh, B2B uh, marketing. I'd never been in a marketing role before. But I adjusted, I figured it out, uh, even in as complex a company as IBM. And, uh, you know, like I was able to function in that uh, role. And then after that, when I decided that it's time to switch over to, to the digital space, I, um, uh, you know, like initially I knew absolutely nothing, like literally zero. And, um, you know, like I was given an opportunity, I joined. And once I did, I... Uh, you know, I, I forced myself to read more and more about uh, the industry, right? And and between that and hands-on experimentation, I was able to grow. Uh, finally, in DataWorks, right? Um, look, the the profs on campus always keep telling us that PGPX is meant to prepare us for a general management position. And 
nowhere was this more true than once I started my own company, right? Uh, I had to figure out how to keep a daily ledger. I had to figure out how to, um, you know, like manage the books. I had to figure out how to hire, how to structure the company, um, you know, what different statutory requirements would be, how to go through contracts. Um, you know, like all of this was part of what I had to take on. And again, that, you know, learning how to learn, uh, you know, that critical skill that I discussed before, that was extremely important, uh, but also was the fact that I had enough functional knowledge about different areas that I was able to actually perform as a general manager, right? Something that I could never expected prior to BGPX. Uh, thanks, Anthony. Uh, there was a there was a question that uh, came up, and it's a point of discussion that many alums have also brought up uh, on the podcast or even outside the podcast. So that uh, that question usually ends up being, you know, given that the PGPX is kind of, uh, you know, the experience, the work experience is kind of a, a bit lesser than what it would have been uh, back in uh, your time. Is that a lot of people are coming in with like uh, very technical skills or like you know somewhat less uh, you know a uh, less amount of people management uh, roles prior to coming here and uh, one of the takeaways that a lot of alums have indicated is that when you leave the pgpx program one of the best things you learn is organizational behavior how to deal with people how to you know incentivize motivate or you know get the interpersonal relationships taken care of uh, what would be your take on that hmm. so i mean i can say that uh, and, and you know like this is I think also a little bit of the professional cultural environment, right? So outside of India, in many places, you don't get managerial responsibility until a much later stage of your career. So when I joined PGPX, uh, a lot of my batchmates um, around the same age had already managed teams and I had it, right? However, I had managed complex situations, right? Where I had responsibility, but I had zero authority, right? So you're your your soft skills kind of need to flex a little bit more. You're exercising a little bit more so that when you're when you're faced with the real thing, uh, it becomes a tad easier to to manage. Um, but what I'd say is that it you know like uh, dealing with uh, people management and dealing with uh, how to um, uh, interact with others is eventually a uh, you know it's a process of of understanding who you're working with, right? So, uh, you know, you can never dictate, right? You need to get buy-in, you need to build consensus, right? And uh, in my view, you know, the best managers, the best leaders are those who are able to, um, who are able to convince everyone around them that there is a certain goal that is worth it for everybody, right? Uh, for the organization, but also as individuals. Um, and so that would be my one key piece of advice, you know, for anybody who's trying to, who's now transitioning into uh, a people management role or have to, you know, manage or lead a, a group of people. Um, just, you know, like end of the day, treat everyone like humans, right? You know, it, it so happens that, you know, for the, for the organization to function, there might be a hierarchy. But if you're able to think past the hierarchy and talk about how, uh, you can get everyone convinced, assuming they're a peer uh, uh, about the right course of action and work towards that and build that consensus. That would help you uh, uh, a big deal in um, in actually being able to take on this OB type of uh, skill set. Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting insight. Uh, thanks, Anthil. 
you know i think after the the career that you had uh, one of the questions and i think one of the the, the biggest uh, things that most people kind of want to do after leaving this place at some point in their life is to do exactly what you did uh, you know after an extensive and colored career so the question that then comes up for a lot of people over here as well as so quite a few of my current batchmates uh, and i'm sure the future ones will be coming in, in a few months is that after uh, an extensive career ibm ozone um, oracle and the like uh, what was that that niche you know like when you when you went out and thought of data works how did you find that niche out there and more importantly for us it's like what was the trigger you had when you, you know when you went out and saw the need for data works to happen you left behind a much more secure um, so to speak career and a traditional career path behind so what was the spark you know that came in your mind and you thought you know i need to start something on my own right now uh, did you always have data works in the back of your mind or was it a need to be an entrepreneur and then you figured out what what would happen or has you know where did that come from yeah i mean like a few people have asked me this over the course of time and i always say that i'm something of an accidental entrepreneur right so uh, i mean like honestly i was a big company person uh, as you pointed out you know like a lot of the organizations that i worked with uh, were fairly large um but what i realized right i mean so first of all i mean like in my head right when i left pgpx um you know the, and there's always that dichotomy like what do you want to do yes i want control and i want to do something new but you know if i go into a large organization i learn processes and you know i'll i'll be able to uh, you know like uh, kind of get a footing in my post mba uh, career um i had actually talked about it my wife was uh, with me on campus when when i was uh, studying pgpx and i thought about starting uh, uh, starting a company right after pgpx and i was talking to her and as usual my wife is the more sane one between the two of us and she said look i was in the place com when i was on campus and uh, she said look i see how much time you are spending on this and i see how passionate you are about it um if you are going to start a company i'm sure you're going to spend an equal amount of time so rather than just going and starting a company for the sake of it right why don't you first figure out what you want to do right once you figure out what you want to do then you can you know think about this and um, and i said yeah you know fair enough that is obviously the same uh, same course of action um but after that it was just kind of discarded i you know went about my career joined ibm which is you know about the largest uh, large an organization as, as it could be especially like 12 years ago when you know before that i had a whole bunch of departments um but uh, you know at some stage i wanted to move into a sunrise industry a nascent industry and back then digital advertising was you know like really fairly new you know like growing rapidly and you know like everything that i read about it i was really excited um and uh, i ended up getting my first opportunity moving into the space with a startup right so uh, i joined a firm which was about uh, 40 uh, yeah about 50 people strong at that point and uh, you know like they brought me on board initially for process consulting right and they said okay you know can you come on board you have done obviously a lot of this over the course of your career um, you know we'd like to help uh, like you to help us with this because as we scale we want those processes in place to begin with um so i said fine and once i went there right you know at first, at close quarters when i was able to observe 
um, you know, like what a startup looks like. Uh, I was given, and I'll be thankful for this, uh, you know, I was given different positions of responsibility, which I'd never handled before. So they were willing to take a chance with me. Um, and during the course of that engagement, like about two and a half years, uh, I realized that I could actually run a firm if I wanted to, right? I, I actually built out a business unit, took it to, uh, you know, like built out a team, uh, you know, like went and closed clients, you know, like grew out a product. Uh, and I said, look, uh, at least in my head, the proof point was there that, yes, I know I'll need to do more as an entrepreneur, but I have much more confidence now that I'll be able to do it. Um, so, you know, like it, it's kind of, you know, both ways. So when I left campus, yes, the thought was in my head, but I set it aside thinking that I first want to figure out what I enjoy. I enjoyed, um, uh, you know, like online advertising, the digital space overall. And I said, okay, you know, like now if I have a thought or idea, I know that I would enjoy it. It's not just some hypothetical romantic concept in my head. It's something that I truly am passionate about. So whenever that opportunity comes, yeah, I'll be ready. Uh, and then the other part is, you know, going to a large organization versus a small one, right? So in a large organization, you get structure. In a smaller organization, you need to become adept at uh, organizing chaos, right? And and if you're able to do that, um, you know, then you have essentially, uh, you're, you're halfway there to, more than halfway there to being an entrepreneur. Um, so again, I mean, leaving, probably ending, uh, you know, this uh, <laughs> this little lecture with, with a little bit of advice is, uh, you know, like if, if someone wants to be an entrepreneur, uh, I, I always recommend, first of all, find what you want to do, right? And if possible, get some experience in that space so that you can actually get prepared for it, right? And it's not just that it looks rosy from the outside. You've seen it, you've been in the weeds and you actually know what it looks like. Uh, and the second thing is, if you have the opportunity, go work for a small company. Um, you know, a startup, like less than 100 people, because that's where you're going to get positions of responsibility. That's where you're going to have direct line of sight to the founders. Uh, and so your learning uh, will be much, much more, right? Um, and then I, I think you asked about, uh, you know, like what was the spark to say, you know, like I want to start something. And I mean, like possibly part of that question was why data works? Uh, I felt that, you know, like there's a lot of companies in the space, but um, in, in the space of digital advertising, but not many of them uh, were started with the perspective of helping the client. A lot of the companies in the space were started to, to basically go make money, right? And that's not a bad thing by itself. All businesses should make money and profit is a good motive. Um, but I, I felt there was an opportunity for a firm to be in there to provide value and at the same point of time, um, you know, like make money along the way. Right? So, so that kind of hopefully encapsulates my answer to that question. Yeah, Sanjay, that's really interesting that uh, like for many of us who are in the corporate, we'll be working in the corporate and many of the islands who are currently working, like getting an experience first as uh, you're building a unit where you feel like you're working as an entrepreneur, getting those skills and then actually you get ready for the grind, which maybe as an entrepreneur you need to do, and uh, so and that's how you went about it. Uh, so, if I were to ask, like, what were the when you started out, uh, DataWorks? What were the initial two or three struggles you 
uh, two or three difficult things you would say you had to do and which took time for you to build upon yeah so i'd say look the first and most obvious thing is hiring right uh, who wants to take a chance on a company that has absolutely nothing right <laughs> you know like it's it's one of the most difficult things to do right so um i'd say you need to be convinced about your vision you need to be clear about what you want to do that's the only the only reason right or that's only the the first step in convincing someone else that it's worth it for them to join your journey right and and make it their journey as well uh, so i'd i'd say that's probably just in the initial days one of the biggest things right uh the second and i'd say this is more true for a first time entrepreneur uh you know someone who's been through the grind once before it's probably not as much but there are so many smaller things that you need to deal with right everything from office space to um you know maintaining accounts to making sure that you have all your statutory um compliances in order right uh, it can be extremely overwhelming and you know not just in terms of getting it done but not knowing what you don't know right i mean if you have known unknowns you can go figure it out right and, and that's part of what an entrepreneur is supposed to do the bigger part is unknown unknowns right and and when those unknown unknowns are in these small tactical areas right where yes very clearly there are things to be done but you have no idea like you know 6 months later when you're talking to someone suddenly they say hey you know have you taken care of x or y and you say oh my god i hadn't even thought about it and i don't know if i'm in trouble now because i didn't do it earlier right so those are the to me those are the two biggest challenges especially for a first time entrepreneur um right so again make sure like for the first part like i said just have your conviction right don't start something for the sake of it you know like understand where you're going what's your vision um and for the second part i would strongly recommend you know like building a team of advisors right a lot of this you can't hire for and you can't be expected to know all the details uh, but what i've learned over time is that if you have the right set of advisors surrounding you whether it's a, you know a ca or it's a, a, you know legal counsel or a company secretary right uh, these are all people that can guide you through the journey in the initial stages uh and it's extremely important to have those trustworthy advisors like it's almost like having uh, a team of co-founders with you to or advisors you know like we have given equity to uh, to actually help you through this initial phase yeah i think the really two important takeaways from what you said conviction and having advisors to sail you through those uh, unknowns unknowns as you said and uh, how do you think this uh, it has become actually customary for us to ask this question because of the changing times we had uh, because of the covid how the conviction towards your business and also uh, because this must have been tested a lot during these times how did it benefit your business with respect to day to day operations and also maybe the changing times did it help in the uptake of digital marketing business how do you see going forward the future for the company in the change context yeah no it's uh, <laughs> i mean first of all it's you know it's really unfortunate what you know what the world has had to go through over the last year plus right it's more than a year it's tough to believe and unfortunately even more days to come before hopefully this is in the rearview mirror 
um, you know, along the way, yes, you know, a larger organization has reserves of people, of resources, of, uh, you know, funds, of clients, you know, so many different things. Uh, at DataWorks, you know, we were starting down that journey, right, you know, finally kind of at a little bit of an inflection point. And then um, it became, uh, you know, like when I think in April, in March, uh, you know, like everyone started shutting down globally. Uh, in April, almost all advertisers pulled their spend. Right? They just said, look, we need to be careful. We need to be cautious. We don't know what's going to happen. So we're just going to hold, right? And in April, you know, like frankly, we had to make contingency plans. We had to say, okay, what happens if, you know, things start going downwards? Um, but what we also try to do is, um, you know, keep up that communication, um, you know, like with the entire leadership team, obviously, but, uh, you know, keep getting everyone's inputs, but also with the entire organization and say, look, you know, like, we just want to be open that these are all the possibilities, right? We don't want to pull any triggers, but, you know, this is how, you know, like if we need to do it, uh, this is what's going to happen. And we discussed various things in terms of, you know, salaries, in terms of, you know, trade-offs, you know, if, if people might need to take a temporary cut uh, and how they could be compensated in the future, right? So these are all things that we did to prepare in the initial days, right? When, when things were looking fairly bleak, I would say in the beginning of, calendar Q2 last year. Um, but over the course of uh, the year, right, what we saw is that there, you know, like we were able to actually go and close some new clients over that period. Uh, we, we were forced to innovate like our primary lead generation mechanism. Most of our clients are in the US, right? So our primary lead generation mechanism was, um, you know, going and running advertising uh, or sorry, marketing events. Uh, where you, you know, get close to close with people, you'd be able to speak, uh, you know, people approach you, you, you know, they talk to you at a booth and so on. And that was suddenly wiped out, right? So we, we had to innovate and grow out our, uh, our inside sales team, uh, you know, figure out different ways of reaching out to potential clients so that we could, uh, you know, get back onto our growth trajectories. And the other thing, you know, that really came home during that stretch was, um, hello? Uh, yes, Antul, please go ahead. Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, so the other thing that really came back, uh, uh, came home during that stretch is relationships, right? Uh, I, I told you a little bit about why we had started uh, DataWorks, right? And, you know, I'd wanted to start DataWorks because I felt there was that opportunity to provide value at the same time that you make money. Right. And, um, uh, you know, like a lot of our clients who had uh, where we had been working with them for, you know, four years, five years, six years, they actually came back where they whenever they had opportunity, like we would keep, you know, talking and, you know, like I would send some notes, you know, that might help them with their clients. Um, they pulled us into different conversations, try and convince, um, you know, like so kind of we work with advertising agencies typically and they work with brands so we you know like that that constant conversation and and uh, flow of communication remained in fact it accelerated and and that's when you know like some of these relationships that you you spend a long time investing in you know like kind of trying to do the right thing 
not taking decisions on on an ad hoc tactical basis to look at short term gain but you know long term prosperity for both sides you know all of those things started coming back home right and and as we rounded out the year towards q4 right there was actually a growth that we started going through because uh, you know like a lot of our long term clients started coming back and saying hey you know there's there's additional business to be had let's work on this let's close it out right and and let's jointly do a good job and and make our joint client successful so i'd say that uh, through the course of 2020 there was obviously a massive shock to the system um but once that once we went past that we got back onto a growth trajectory and you know especially over say the last uh, 6 to 8 months um, you know we have we've seen that there's been a fairly significant upswing for the business wow that's uh, quite a quite a year you had then i mean i think one of the interesting things that you mentioned was that the value creation and you know the the system kind of paying back in a way to take care of uh, each other during the pandemic i think that's that that's pretty interesting you know the the karma that paid off um i mean thanks until for the insight uh, something that we hope most more people have uh, i think even in the year coming up uh, let alone the year gone by from the look of things uh so i think given that we are in 2021 maybe it's a time to take a walk back down memory lane and reminisce about a time at pgpx uh, you know like we all live with very distinct memories of what we like here what we disliked here can you just give a little insight into what your favorite subject was over here uh marketing so uh, i love the marketing courses um you know like term 1 term 2 like my electives were all very marketing heavy um <laughs> what i realized a little bit when i you know went and joined ibm like to me like i graduated in 2009 right and in 2009 uh, you really didn't have Uh, many options right the the market had the bottom had fallen out of the market uh, you know like satyam had collapsed the market was flooded with resumes there were people from p schools around the world who you know like who had left from india to do their mba who were all coming back because they didn't have visas they didn't have jobs um, so it was the worst possible time to to graduate right but um, i actually at that point of time uh, got a job in ibm in marketing i thought that's going to be the greatest thing for me uh, and there were definitely aspects of that that i liked and and really enjoyed that but um, what i also realized is that marketing cases are very different from marketing in an organization right marketing cases are about dealing with inflection points are uh, with dealing with crises right uh, what what do you do in that situation and yes those things are going to come up every now and again um, but the day to day uh can be a little bit different right it's it's a lot about tactical execution um so in terms of the course that i like courses that i liked marketing and still if i'm back on campus that's what i probably want to do um uh, you know want to study and spend more time on uh, but i also realized that what you study and what you enjoy uh, what, what you enjoy studying and what you enjoy doing need not necessarily be the same thing right you need to be careful about um, about translating immediately one to the other um so uh, that's about the courses uh, you know what did i enjoy on campus what did i like uh, look i i loved the pressure right you know like being you know going through that uh, I, i don't know i mean it's like 
an adrenaline rush and you become an, an adrenaline uh, junkie right by the end of the year where you say look you know I'm, i want these cases i want to be able to go and study i want to you know like put this together i want take on all the extracurricular work that i'm doing and constantly have that that state of uh i'll call it I'll coin a term and call it creative stress right where where you're pushing yourself and and you're constantly trying to figure out how you can be better and how you can manage all of this uh, so so that's you know like i i'd say what i enjoyed the most about my time at ime uh, i mean that's pretty uh, you know the we were just reminiscing now that our year is coming to an end we were thinking that uh, back when we came to iman bhavat for the kt for the for the knowledge transfer for the pct expats uh, we were doing we were made to do cases till like i think 2 in the morning and a lot of people back then found it like oh this is oppressive how how can this be a day to day way of living and <laughs> now it's all settled in so well uh, you know i might have actually <laughs> trouble adjusting back to normal life when i get back out of this place so creative stress i think that that's a that's a great term to <laughs> uh, you know take away from here yeah i mean it's uh, it's something as you said when you know in the initial phase um it's you know you're wondering why and how and <laughs> what are you going to do uh, you know like and and then towards the end you figure out how to prioritize right and and what do you do first what do you do next what is the extent to which you need to do something to prep um i will now that i'm off campus and all my grades are are already booked i will <laughs> i will admit that there are uh, you know like probably my last couple of months with everything that was going on you know with placements and me being in placecom i was getting into classes and in the first 15 minutes 10 to 15 minutes of the case discussion i was figuring out what do we need to discuss right what are the key things that that are really going to uh, you know drive this case and so being able to condense you know what was previously maybe 2 hours to 3 hours of preparation between theory and uh, and and case analysis into 15 to 20 minutes where you can quickly understand what's going on and be able to participate um you know that i mean i i don't know if that's the skill set that professors <laughs> would encourage but uh, but i'd say it's a skill set that uh, that actually helps you a lot in professional life right once you actually graduate and and uh, you're outside campus it was i think really great santhil listening to your journey and really great insights for uh, everybody to take away and thanks a lot for joining us and being there on uh, beyond the red brick podcast yeah lovely to be here great talking with both of you fantastic to be uh, you know associated with the campus even if it's at, at the end of a, a zoom discussion uh so yeah love uh, love the conversation uh, all the best to both of you for everything that you're going to do after you graduate and for the rest of your bachelor's life thanks anthel i think given the pandemic uh, you know as they say you never leave ima <laughs> in a, in a sense uh, we really hope to catch you around here again uh, sometime in the future once this thing just subsides so thank you so much for being here again from uh, the bottom of our hearts uh, thanks anthel for the great discussion yeah lovely joining you thanks a lot take care Thank you. Bye.